Not long ago, some of us were captivated with the photos taken of Rabbi Beth and the women who journeyed with her to Israel at the wall in Jerusalem as they read Torah from the women's section publicly and joyfully. They had joined women at the wall who every Rosh Chodesh, every new moon, go to that sacred place to pray and study and take a stand for religious pluralism and women's rights there at that most sacred site of the Jewish people. Why is it so sacred? There the great temple once stood, and on its foundation now gleams the golden dome of the rock, while by its support walls we, a renewed Jewish people, gather to pray, to debate our future, to swear in our young soldiers, to celebrate holidays, and to mourn, as we will tomorrow night on Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, when it will be deserved, observed this year, recalling the destruction of the temples and other disasters in Jewish history. Whenever one travels to Israel, as a Jew, you are drawn to that area to make pilgrimage and stand by the huge Herodian stones, anciently beautiful, witnesses to a glorious past, and now a site of gathering of our people who, who do long for a hopeful future. One visits that wall and sees the Temple Mount looming above, watches people in various spiritual states try to connect to the holiness within and around them, perhaps avoiding the beggars who accost you, as well as the religious evangelists, and maybe being moved by the cacophony of bar mitzvah parades that the Russian Jews have made popular as of late, leading their 13-year-olds to stand in the shadow of the wall and read Torah there for the first time. When I lead groups to Israel, as I will do next June, and I invite you to join me in a multi-generational trip there, you can come too. <laughs> we come first to pray there, and then to come again after having experienced what it's like to be in the place of our ancestors where they thousands of years ago prayed, then to learn there and study about life in temple times and how that Herodian wonder of the world in its day could possibly have been destroyed something that was unthinkable to Jews of that day. It's a question we do have to ask ourselves and ponder at Tisha B'Av. How could the spiritual center of the Jewish people, amazingly expressed by King Herod's architects and builders with golden stone weighing so many tons, we're not even sure today what technolo technology they used in order to lift them into place. How could that be made into a ruin? Wasn't God supposed to be in that place and protect and defend us? The Israeli Archaeological Society tries to answer that question by bringing you away from the wall into the tunnels just left of the wall. Have any of you done the Temple Wall Tunnel Tours? It's pretty awesome, isn't it? As a tourist, you're guided into a cavern past the prayer people gathered there and you get an even greater sense of just how large Herod's temple was. The tunnel runs down, and you can see stone that was not put there by his architects, 
but by the Hasmoneans before him, by the Maccabees, when they restored their temple. And then you come into a place that, that just strikes me with awe. It's a place where some of the largest cut stones in the world exist. And there are marks of fire and etchings put into them where the Romans, in their zeal, tried to destroy the entire mount as they took control of the temple from the zealots. You see the technology that the Romans employed and why they were successful in tearing part of the temple down. But they couldn't tear down all of it because the base Herodian stones, like the ones there in that cave, were too heavy. And so they had to stop and eventually incorporate the mount into a new Roman city they built to replace Jewish Jerusalem. That we are able to go back there and observe Tishabov while also acknowledging the renewal of the Jewish people in the land. Well, it's partially due to the foundation of the Jewish spirit that could not be destroyed, but remained at our core as a people waiting for us to find the courage and the strength to begin our transformation anew. The rabbis of old, though, they have a different answer as to why those stones came tumbling down, how the temple could be destroyed. And they echo the words of the prophets who came before them, who argued that it was the lack of ethical behavior on the part of Jewish society that brought the walls of the first temple down. Those prophets of that first temple period, they focused on the increase in poverty in Judea, the idolatry of wealth and power. And they said, if Jews live in this way, well, then God will cause the walls to crumble because they were turning away from basic Jewish values. And crumble they did in the first temple period. And so the rabbis after them picked up on this idea and they blamed the destruction of the second temple not on the power of the Romans but on what they called sinat chinam groundless hatred between Jews of that day. Despite their piety in the second temple period the rabbis taught the Jews of that time acted with disdain for each other ignoring the humanity in the one you disagree with acting with pride and rudeness, hating baselessly, sinat hanan, these are forces, the rabbis said, that don't need the power of muscle or steel. But when they push God's values out of our lives, then that which we thought was so sturdy, though it was stone, can easily be cast to the ground. There are those of us today who wonder, do we still need to observe Tisha B'Av? With the modern state of Israel flourishing, how can we be in mourning? And yet I believe that we need to zoher, to remember and be reminded that strong as we might be as a society, wealthy and well-protected, the walls that we build up around ourselves well, they're only as strong as the foundation of good that we bring into the world. If we express words of Sinat Hena, then even we are in danger 
of losing it all. Surely this is something we have to think about as Jews when we accuse one form of Judaism of not being authentic or of not truly working for the good of the Jewish people. Surely this is something we have to think about as citizens when politicians feel at ease to call entire groups of people rapists or murderers. It's something we have to think about as Americans when our leaders, rather than debate a subject openly and with integrity, look for the way to increase their standing in the polls by just attacking the other position. Groundless hatred, rudeness, denial of the centrality of reason, surely these can break the strongest society down. In an article, Rabbi Julian Sinclair reminds us that Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook, the first chief rabbi of Israel, famously wrote that if the second temple was destroyed and the people scattered through Sinat Hinam, then the next temple will be rebuilt and the people gathered together again through its opposite, through Ahavat Hinam, through causeless love. It's a reasoning that should inspire us and that we should embrace even as we work to protect and better ourselves, we can stop to block the ego that leads to that kind of hatred and instead open our hearts to love and to hope and the possibility that the other may actually join us in bringing true change. Ultimately, the rabbis concluded it is the force of goodness that inspires Judaism and that will keep the walls of Jewish life from coming down and help civilization as we know it to survive. And so we need to mark Tisha B'Av and we need to keep remembering not just the good but also the hard, that which was bad, that we brought upon ourselves and learn to respond not with hate, but with love, and build up the walls of hope and of life and an inspiration again. So may we do. Amen. Amen. Every Tisha B'Av 